0: Sit and
1: 2.0, unloading job. Cancel, okay, i Gold dialogue. You maybe to of the L- maybe Soundboard maybe Recover you button, think feature, the jaws of sound press enter plus F1 twice. For a list of jaws specific, are specific sound for it, keystrokes press enter plus H. For a list of windows, shortcut keys, press enter plus for delivery O. Gradually Editing session terminated improperly. Click recover to restore you. your edits and undo history. If you click cancel, you we'll will lose your edits and enter MGI client. What'll Then what will new window? Sample you new do? Window, channels. Okay, you do? enter data window 000 Days
0: go by. Maybe you sit and
1: sigh. wish. 0.81 window. Cause 'cause you're just a little blue
2: blue and lonely
1: Maybe maybe you'll ask me To
0: to come back 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 again. again And maybe I'll say love for you Only the dream we knew No other love Watching the night go by Wishing that you could be Watching the night with me Into the night I cry, hurry home, come home to me, set me free. In your arms I'll stay
1: Set, include Patricia, Bill Bragg, Bill.Brag 3, enter, Bill Bragg. Alt tab, Skype, trademark, tab, online, select a change status button drop down. Tab, search edit, active search. Martin, Ed Clue, Patricia from FL Home, phone number, f- applications, Can't send that. invite to enter, leaving menus, contacts, list box, Patricia from FL, unloading JAWS, cancel, okay, enter.
3: I'm here. Hello. Hello, you gotta turn yourself down already. I've
4: already done that. I'll do it some more. <laughs>
3: Today is my delicate day.
4: That's okay.
3: Aww. You're so good to me, Walden.
4: I love you, that's why. You are Aww. so special. I thank, think, you. I, I, think, I thank you for being in my life.
3: Oh, my goodness, and thank you for being in mine. What a pair, huh?
4: Yeah. Yep. And, and
3: yeah. I have... I will wait until we get on the air. I've been clearing out my bookshelves, and I found something today.
4: Good, and i got a lot of wonderful announcements to make, so well, well, this is going to be a wonderful show. Cool. Yeah.
3: Are we ready? Well, I guess no.
4: I, I guess I better start calling. It takes an, a minute for me to take over.
3: you going to take over the world.
4: Oh, woof woof. Woof woof. Uh huh. It's hot and dry.
3: Oh gosh, and you're in fire territory uh, again. I saw um, a picture of a new fire that bloomed and gobbled up 500 acres. I don't know how, you, if you have anything left in the state to burn.
4: Well, most of it is a lot of it is wild, you know, natural forest kind of stuff. So yeah. It's just the bone out there. That's a big state.
3: Yeah. Big state. And speaking of big state, we haven't heard from Ralph for a long time.
4: I thought about him this morning. Yep, yeah, I did. Mm.
3: She was.
4: We, well, we got his phone number. We almost got all, all. We're getting a lot of the family member phone numbers, so I can possibly get to give him a call and say, "Okay, where you been?"
3: <laughs> fess up, fess up. Have you been listening? I hear from Ray in Chicago every once in a while, and he says he listens on the weekend. So I sent him a note this week in reply and said, maybe you'll call in and say, hey. Well, that would be nice. you know. Yeah. You
4: know, yeah. Spend some time with Illinois and Wisconsin, so like what Bob mm-hmm. Bob does.
3: Well, he's, a, he's a very nice person. Yeah. It's a little a little weird with his emails sometimes <laughs> i mean in the forwarding department <laughs> what the heck is this uh, he's funny he, he is, he's really got a
2: he's he something else. yeah
3: yeah he's got a he was in a terrible car wreck this past summer uh i don't know maybe three months ago or so and uh, somebody hit him from behind and you know what kind of injuries you can get from that he's doing well but gee must have been Kinds of surprises you don't want in your life.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia. I can see all my dreams in your eyes Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia
2: You could make
0: all my dreaming come true My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your
2: eyes.
0: Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue sky. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling. Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia my lovely Patricia You could make all my dream come true My heart is just droolin Patricia no Foolin I'm falling in love I'm falling in love I'm falling in love
4: Now, that, that's not Bill Bragg over there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, no, 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 no. And I'm no, not no.
4: Mike Candy. No, 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 no,
3: no, no, We
4: are the little B team that sneaks in here once in a while and pink shit for <laughs> Bill and Mike. And, yeah, bill got tummy ache, and Mike has got stuff going on. So here she is on a Tuesday night, September 27th, year 2016, a date that will live in infamy. <laughs> the adorable oh. one here is she is uh, <laughs> patricia hi patricia. Hello. hello hi walden
3: hi good night walden <laughs> <laughs> we Bye. are here and it's not even saturday we just kind of sneak in every once in a yeah, while just do. to make sure yeah. everybody's listening that's it
4: now, I do have the phone off after? the hook. I'll give everybody a high side cause patricia got stuff to talk about. i got stuff to talk about. So let us get our stuff on the table first. Then I'll hang up the phone. And you can all call in. But, you know, this Oh, is the sh- I don't have a lot
3: to. Yeah, you, know, you, you, you go. You go. You go.
4: This is the short, short, short show. Remember that, everybody.
3: I know. So I'll, I'll hush it up because I can fill the whole thing tonight.
4: Well, aren't you going to tell is. us the discovery of the century that you made today?
3: What did I discover?
4: something in your bookshelf oh
3: discover oh my goodness yes i told walden i've been clearing out my bookshelves because there are some reference books that are just so far <laughs> and as i'm sure i've got quote books and anecdote books and presidential campaign but i mean i've just got and those are the ones you keep and i came across one from The publisher, Little Brown and Company, (coughs) excuse me, not Little Brown, but Little, comma Brown and Company. And I took it down and I thought, gee, this looks really interesting. It's a book of anecdotes, you know, little stories. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The the general editor, the one who put all of this together, was Clifton Fadiman. And I had him on my bookshelf and did not even know it. I don't even know yeah. where I got this book. It's been there for a long time. Like Clifton Fadiman. You must have found for anybody.
4: You know, must have found hmm? the dollar bin or something. You
3: know. Oh, not something like this. Besides, it's in good shape. <laughs> 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 so, so it's clear that I have not crapped it for a very long time. But uh, it's a softback book, and it's a big one. It's it's quite thick. It's got a million squillion pages in it. But anyway, I thought that was really fun, and for anyone who doesn't recognize Clifton Fadiman's name, he was the host on Information Please. Great sense of humor, brilliant man, did book review. Uh, He was just, he was really quite special, and um, found out after the fact that he lived in my county here, after he retired, and, uh, he died when he, he was living here, and I didn't even know he existed because I didn't have my nose in old-time radio at the time. And I uh, look at the opportunity I missed. I, I should have been looking looking for old-time radio sooner. But anyway, that that was my treat today. Oh, my goodness, Clifton <laughs> Fadiman. So I've got a lot of reading to do because <laughs> as I'm going through, I pulled these books down. Said, oh, I remember this one. Oh, I remember this one. So, I've
4: got a bunch. Amen. I like that. I like Amen. that a lot. Hmm? Well, yeah. may, may
3: I... I, I m- it
4: was a nice
3: surprise. Yeah, hmm?
4: yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. I'm finished. I'm may, finished. May, maybe yeah. you can read to that. Maybe you can read to us on Saturday night. you know?
3: Okay. Well, you know? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now it looks yeah. like... Go ahead. Yeah.
4: Go ahead. Go ahead. I was
3: going to say... It <laughs> 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 we're, we're going to have a trip overnight tonight. You go go ahead you go okay <laughs> it looks like uh, just from quickly flipping through all of the anecdotes that are in here the little stories are about people who we know you know people in history like nikita khrushchev and um Elliot and lots of things like that, and Queen Elizabeth. So it should be a really fun read. I I just don't remember having read any of it, but it said anecdotes, so I guess I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's my story.
4: You don't think somebody might given it to you at a birthday present or a Christmas present or stuff like that, though?
3: Is this something that people I know would buy for me? I don't think so. Oh. No, I'm I'm quite confident that I came across it either in, you know, a book advertising type thing uh-huh. or found it online somewhere. I don't know. But anyway, I, it was just such a nice surprise to pull it down and say, boy, this looks really good, and boom, there's Clifton Fadiman's name. So
4: Now, I got a lot of interesting, fun things about the station to go over with. So get, get your pens and paper out, because you, you'll, you'll <gasps> these are really? interesting little tidbits you're gonna hear. These
3: um, are goodies. Okay, I got now, my keyboard.
4: Now, on Saturday, October 1st, I might be a few minutes right. I might be at a time where John Larry and I, my mom and dad, are going up to the Janet Waldo celebration of life, and they're serving a nice big lunch and stuff like that there, and the party ends about 4. You know, because it's in LA and I live in Orange County and we got to j- drop John Lurie off. So we're going to be getting home, you know, before or after showtime. So just hang in with the family. You know, send your email to Patricia Okay, she'll be the only one that can answer <laughs> <eat for> that.
3: <laughs> if you're really ticked off about something, <laughs> send them this way. <laughs> That's funny. Well, if Walden isn't here, I will be. Yes, I sir. cannot log on. I cannot be on the air. But I will be sitting here waiting for the show to begin so you will not be alone out there. That's
4: right. Now, mm-hmm. I'm in I'm in one of those moods. I am picking up the phone oh. and calling people to book them on oh. Yesterday USA. And, oh. And so I'd like to go over who we've landed And I'm going after people that we haven't had on the station before. I figure we might as well break down the list. And and then I have a list of people who Larry and John haven't talked to. And a list that Patricia would love to talk to. Things like that there. But, Uh okay. I'm ready. I want to tell you who we talked to today. And we're going to run this. Put this on the schedule. Friday, October the 14th. You'll hear this interview that night because John were off singing at a barbershop convention. So this should be a perfect night to hear this. We spent over an hour today with Richard Williams who is one of the original quiz kids. And he's, a- cool. he's 87 and his memory is sharp. He can quote times, years, dates, um, he was our, he spent over 30 years in the diplomatic corps, he was our representative to China, and the first, and so we talked about how he got into the quick kids, we talked about the war bond t- rallies, um, we talked about the uh, the time when he was in China, when the Tiananmen Square incident broke, some really Ooh. major things over the years. From uh, that he re- that he discussed in great great detail, things mm-hmm. I'd never heard about about Tiananmen Square. Um, so this will be something for the books. Uh, will feature. I mean, he has a terrific memory of. Rehearsing with Jack Benny. I mean, Fred Allen. I mean, just oh my, a photographic memory at age eighty-seven. It's just this is one for the books. So you'll hear this on October fourteenth with Quiz Show that he was in. Um, on his sixteenth birthday, you only know, used to have a limit on you. Once you were sixteen, you were done. And he was from Indiana, and so his family drove through Chicago every time to do the broadcast, which was 45 minutes away, to celebrate, because he was there at the, from, you know, before the war and after the war, all that whole period. They came to his house in Indiana to do this last broadcast. They broadcast the Queen's show from his house. as his celebration. Do you know
3: I remember hearing that one? Yeah. I didn't know why. I must have tuned in late or something. But I do remember hearing that show.
4: So, this one would be one for the books, so put that down Friday, October the fourteenth Now that wa- will
3: be great fun.
4: Now, tomorrow we're going to interview another quiz kid, Lon Rundy, who wound up having a long career in music. So she you might have ever heard the quiz Kid Christmas show at Joe Kelly House and the little kid that would play the piano, uh-huh. uh, that's who we're going to talk to them all. Great now, on Thursday it looks like it all kind of work out. John Larry and I will be talking to a a author team, a h- husband and wife who sat down and wrote a book on Jimmy Stewart's radio career. And so that will be great fun to talk about the Six Shooter and all the different shows that Jimmy did in radio. So that will be something we'll pre record. Now, on Friday this coming Friday, live, September 30th, I will dedicate it to Jim Taylor. Okay, he'll just say, I've gone crazy. We're going to have the author on who wrote, Blondie Goes to Hollywood. That's right.
3: <laughs> you have to remind people that is the least, the least show Jim would ask for, listen to, or even tolerate. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs>
4: so bl- okay. So Blondie, will be talking about Blondie a little bit. And because on Facebook, the audience been asking, could we d- do a tribute to Venice Goy Because this weekend is his last weekend. So we're going to go back and dig into the archives, time when he sat down with Larry King, uh, some Brooklyn Dodger play-by-play, some things. with have been a little bit on Friday night, so i would be really late. Now, on Monday afternoon... I had a long discussion with him, a wonderful conversation with him this afternoon. But we're going to record it Monday. I am going to be interviewing, and it's very free, Hal Perry's son. Paige Perry. Oh, my goodness! Paige Perry is living in Denver, Colorado. And so we're going to sit down and talk in great detail about his dad, the great Gills Reeve. He got the stories about the craft food. Uh, just wonderful stories about his dad, and so we're gonna record that this coming Monday about uh, about his dad Hal Perry. And on
3: when when do you think that one's going to play? Have any idea?
4: Not yet, because the, you can see the rest of the lineup here.
3: Oh dear, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go, silly <laughs> me.
4: Maybe maybe <laughs> October. It's time th- to say good night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe October night. We'll we'll see if if we're working okay. on that. Now Oh that on, one's
3: gonna be great fun
4: on Friday, October seventh, we're gonna have the authors who wrote the very first book on old time radio. Bill Owens, a Buckton and Owens fame, the one that wrote the big broadcast, the one that wrote the first book on this whole old time radio hobby back in nineteen sixty four. And wow. and Bill will be on with us live from New York and he's a long time ABC radio and TV announcer, and he and his buddy Frank Buxton came up with the idea of writing the first radio book. And so that will be on October the 7th. Uh, October the 21st It's another Friday. Um, if you remember the Lawrence Welk show, the TV show especially, from all those years, I remember that because my grandmother would have it on on a Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> We're going to have Bob Lawson on. Bob was the longtime organist and pianist on the Lawrence Welch Show. And so we're going to have him on Friday, October the 21st. Cool. And, then, and then on October the 28th, we're going to have Harry Langdon Jr. on. Now, Harry has a brand-new book coming out on his dad. His dad was one of the legendary film sound comedians, Harry Landon. And he wrote a book about his dad. And what Harry does today, he is a well-known Hollywood photographer. And he's in his 80s. And his dad's been gone for over 70 years, so he just released the book. And he said it's amazing what social media have done to drive the book sales uh, for him. So we're going to be talking about his book. So those, and so I'm, I'm in, I am in that one, I am picking the phone and just calling people and see who we're going to come up in the next few weeks. So, uh, so, so there, that's all I have to say. That's all? That's all for now. Well,
3: you just made a whole bunch of things on my, I, I took notes as you were talking. Good. That is one heck of a list.
4: Well maybe a lot of other calls. We got other calls. We're waiting for phone calls for uh, from people who was on was on the Arthur Godfrey show from the fifties. We got calls oh for legendary country singers who mm-hmm. said that we're gonna be on. Um in the next few days or maybe next week. I'm gonna call the sound effects man uh Bob Mott. I think
2: Bob Mott.
4: Yeah. Ooh. I think I know you've been working on that, so I'm figuring why well, I'll book it two three out two week two three weeks out, Patricia. So maybe late October. If you got a free Wednesday or Thursday, maybe we'll just get we'll get take care of Bob.
3: That'll that'll be great. You I know. do have one of the two books he wrote. Right. And the library found the second one for me, so I've been through that one. So yeah, I'm ready.
4: Okay. So that's what I'm gonna do. I figure we'll get we'll take care of that. So we're, we're working on stuff here. Alright, the phone lines are open at 714-545-2071, the area code 714-545-2071, it's live, it's a Tuesday night, it's September 27th, hmm. and I want to wish a pre-birthday by two days to my mom, who, your boom, mom, It's Thursday, so, and I know oh. what
3: she's getting for her birthday present. Food. No. Oh. Good. You don't know.
4: No, not yet.
3: What? Oh, she told me. Does that? <laughs>
4: <Yeah>, that is. <fair.
3: laughs> <laughs> oh, this is funny. Walden's mom and I swapped a couple of emails earlier this month about books. She was looking for a new mystery series, and uh, I told her a couple of things that I liked. It turned out that the first one I sent her to was a real tank for her. But anyway, uh, we exchanged a couple of emails, and she mentioned her birthday present that's coming.
4: Good. Well, from your,
3: from your father.
4: Oh. Well, she ah. Ah. And- my brother's going to give her... My brother um, loves a certain beach, and they have an annual pass for parking. So he that's what he's going to get her.
3: And oh, okay. And he, she used his first name, and I thought she was talking about your father, not no, your brother. My brother, off. Okay, yeah. and that, that's what she told me about, yeah, the beach pass. The beach pass. That'll be fun.
4: So he can, he'll, he'll get that for him, so... I I like loading mom up with york mint patties, so that's what we like to do around here. Hello there. You're
5: Uh. on with Patricia. Well, hello, Mr. Walden Hughes and Miss Patricia. How are you all doing tonight? My name is Mike. I'm from the great state of Oklahoma. I don't say that too loud because in Oklahoma, we're just boring. But uh, anyhow, I call Bill every Tuesday night, and I'm surprised to hear you two fine folks who are usually on the weekend on Tuesday
4: night.
5: Oh my God! It's a surprise.
3: Well, oh, Mike, it's so good to talk to you.
5: Thank you for calling. You, Miss Patricia, how are you doing tonight, hun?
3: Uh, I am doing very well, thank you.
5: Yeah,
4: I, well, that's great. I, hey, oh, I have a lot of respect for Oklahoma because you know my family's from Nebraska. So, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Uh,
5: what part? What part of Nebraska, Walden? Well,
4: my my dad grew up on the Nebraska Kansas border, border in Superior.
5: Oh, okay. I know where that
4: is. And yeah, then, right. My mom is from Wayne.
5: Oh, okay. So yeah, that's a little town. That's not very big
4: at all. <laughs> no, yeah. and it still has the chicken days there every year, everybody. It's the biggest chicken day festival. Right. And <laughs> it was so funny because Johnny Carson was born, yeah, two cities over, two towns, what can I say? Yeah,
5: it wasn't very far away. It wasn't very
4: yeah. far. So every year, because the, Wayne had the chicken crowing contest, he would always have the winner from come out from Nebraska. So that's how Wayne gets two cents in. What can I say?
5: Well, if you got some uh. chickens up there, I'm staying away from Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, I like Nebraska, no offense, but I, I'm not into chicken crowing. But, uh, you know, I guess I could get used to it. I, I don't know. how? well, I understand Mr. Bill has a little tum-tum. Yep, well, that's not does. very good.
4: But he's he decided, though, his, his friend John Redmond who lives in Decatur, yeah. Illinois, it coming down. So Bill's gonna have to get quick in a hurry because John broke his leg, um, yeah. from the ankle up to the knee if you so that delayed his trip. So if only he enough, so he coming down to visit Bill. So he's excited about that. So uh, Yeah. So well, that's did, great. How did you find yesterday, USA Mike?
5: Well, I tell you, you I've listened for a long time, of course, I always call, well, I don't call all the time on Tuesday, but that's kind of my night, I do call, and of course, me and Bill, we talk, you know, we talk about everything at all that has to do with Oklahoma or Texas, and, uh, but, you know, I've known him for a little while, not Uh too long, I'm not a member yet, I hope to be a member someday, but, uh, I just love the shows that you guys do, especially i you know I've never called on the weekend i've always thought about it. i've been too busy, but uh you guys really do some cool shows. I'll tell you a cool one you guys did a couple of weekends ago was you played a political convention from like I think it was the forties or fifties, yes, and I thought I love that stuff because I'm into history, yep. and I like pol- I hate to say this on your air, but I love politics yep I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's like last night, I'm watching this dumb debate. And to tell you the truth, we all know who won, so why did Trump even show up? <laughs> you know, that's what I'm <laughs> trying to figure. I don't so, know.
4: One thing we're doing on Friday, we're running the Kennedy-Nixon debates, all four of them. Most people probably have never heard maybe just bits and pieces, but we're, we're running... Uh, we ran the first one last weekend, so you'll hear the replay here uh, yeah. this Monday. So we're running all those. We're running different political stuff. So yes, we, yeah. political science was one of my majors, so I have a definite interest. So what can I say?
5: Well, I'll tell you, I hope you play some more of that stuff, because, of course, we're into the presidential elections and stuff. And I'll tell you, I, not to plug any TV channel, but uh, C-SPAN, they run stuff all the time on, on old politics.
4: They do. They do a great job. Re- and this
5: weekend, they had the neatest thing. They showed all these political debates from the past, starting with the one in 60, which was Kennedy versus Nixon. Yep. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe they did four debates. I didn't even know that. I thought they only did one or two. They did four. And yeah. I was amazed.
4: You know how, you know the format of Lincoln versus Douglas?
5: How they I've it? heard of it, but I don't know it for sure, no. But I've okay. heard of it, yeah. Okay. Patricia,
4: maybe Patricia, you remember how they... Lincoln Douglas did yeah, I, I remember
3: because you told us a while back, so right. you, Okay, you so this is how story. they did it.
4: Can you imagine doing it today? The way they did it, when Lincoln Douglas first debate, and for people who may not know, it was not for the presidency. It was for the, right. US, it was for the U.S. Senate of Illinois, 1858. Right. Douglas would go first, speak three hours. And Lincoln would. Lincoln would set up, well, I think it's time for everybody to come, go have lunch. So come back in two hours, and I will do my three hours. So they did three hours break. Lincoln would do three hours. Then they would take a dinner break. Then Douglas would come back on. They would alternate back in those days. It's an interesting right. idea right. what they did. And yeah. uh, totally different than well, what then Is thinking.
3: there anything in well, history that even suggests how many citizens stood there and listened for three hours, or even part of the hours that these two men put in.
5: Well, right. And you know, you know not, to, not to interrupt you guys, mm-hmm. but I wanted to make a point. Now, Walden, you talk about, supposedly, they, those weren't really debates. They were more discussions, compared to now, where debates, they're all timed. Every question is timed, and you got so much time to say something. Like last night, what was the time? Two minutes each question, and then you have a two mm-hmm. minute response. Well, back in the old days, when they did, when they had all these politics, there was no time limit. You could talk, you could talk for two hours before the other guy got to talk. So I wish the debates were like they were before, when you was talking right. about Lincoln. I think it's the way they should be. Let right. the politicians—that's the job of a debate. Right. Let the candidates discuss the issues. No interruptions, no moderators, and, and and debate like they should. But nowadays, like this last night, I don't I don't consider that as a debate. It's I think not. that's just more of a deal for television, where they show off the candidates and they get to have their say for ninety minutes. That's right. I mean, re- I mean, really, that's what it is. It's publicity. That's, that's right. all it is. That's right.
4: Well, if you think about it, everybody, we had a candy next debate in the '60, and then we didn't have any until 1976. Right. So really, from '76 on, it's now tradition that we have something. But it was not traditional. I mean, there
5: was no debates from after '60 to '76. That's well, hard to believe, but it's true. For 16 years, there was no debate at all, and people would think, "Oh, well, there wasn't debates in '64, '68, '72." No. It was sixty and then seventy six. Which is surprising to and, most people.
4: And another thing it was interesting to look at our US history, everybody. We didn't have campaigns. No. Actually it was done by representatives of the people running for the office.
6: That's there right. Are,
4: there are legendary stories that some candidates never got off the porch to speak. I mean it's just it's a it's a totally different time that we're living in today compared well, to right. when we went and to
5: we, and we had different parties, too. Like, everybody thinks Lincoln was a Republican. He wasn't. Lincoln was, I can't remember what party, but he was a party nobody had ever heard of. But everybody always thought he was a Republican. He wasn't. He never was a Republican.
4: Yeah, he was the first one, cause the Republican Party didn't start until 1836. He was like a
5: unionist or something, but I can't remember the name of the party. But he was not a registered Republican. He never was.
4: It's just amazing, and it's just the beauty of history, the beauty of what Patricia and I love to do is right. dig into what we, what America is all about, and it's, it's fun.
5: Well, it's fun. And, I, and I think one thing that you do, and I, and I know a lot of younger people probably don't listen to the, to the network, and they should, is it's educational. Hmm. You can go back and hear all these voices, of these presidents, of these great entertainers, these great legends of entertainment. And you go back in time, it's like, because like I told Bill a couple weeks ago, the radio was the only form of entertainment or news until TV came out. That was it. That was the only way you kept up with the world in your own home, or at somebody else's house, or a party, or a business. The radio was it. That was the only way you got your news, you got your entertainment. And the younger generation today, they got iPods and cell phones and all that, which is great. I'm talking on cell phone now. It's wonderful technology. But the technology of the day was originally the radio. That's how we got our news and entertainment. And, Walden, I'm so glad you guys preserved this heritage because who else is really doing it out there, you and Bill? Nobody. Nobody, really. So I thank you guys for that. You're keeping history alive. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. I think that's wonderful.
4: We love to do it. So what can I say? Oh, yeah. What can I say?
5: And if you don't love it, you don't do it. No. That's been That's the way my grandfather always thought. If you don't like something, you don't do it. And I think you guys do a tremendous job. You play some interesting programs on there. You've played uh, some World War II stuff. You've played uh, some stuff like from Pearl Harbor, all that stuff. That is history. Yeah. That is what it's about. And I like that.
6: So, you know.
5: I mean, what more can you say? I mean, you guys are preserving the history as far as audio and keeping the history alive, I and that—that's what I love.
4: So, how, did you, would you did you always like old time radio as a kid, or how how did your interest?
5: Well, grow? I tell you this: I'm in, I'm in my mid forties right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I will tell you this honestly: um, I never was big into old time radio programs. But I'll tell you the one that really got me going. You guys do a newer version of it on the weekend, but Lum and Abner was the show that really got me hooked into old-time radio. And I'm talking about the older version from the 30s. That was the one that kind of really got me into this the last couple of years. But there was one other show that did it, too. And I'll I'll, I'll swear to a stack of Bibles, I hate Westerns. I hate (laughs) them. But can you probably guess what... One program I listen to beside Leonard and it's a western. And you'd probably be right. It's Gunsmoke. Ah. I don't know why I like Gunsmoke, but I do. But to tell you the truth, and I don't mean to be offensive, I hate westerns. But I 100%. love the storylines. I love the storylines because the storylines are just like history. Mm-hmm. You're following a story that could have happened or may have happened, and it's historical. So I don't like it for the Western aspect, I like it for the historical aspect, and that's why I listen to Gunsmoke. So that's my two favorites, Lemon Abner and Gunsmoke. I like the Now the, the new version of Lemon Abner, it's good, it's okay, but I like the older one. Mm-hmm. I'm just more used to it.
4: Okay. So, I agree. It's a great yeah. show. Now, well, I know yeah. the writers of Gunsmoke, they were big Western buffs, and they had libraries of Western books, so they tried oh, yeah. to be as authentic as possible with that, with that series.
5: So, you got good news. Well, I tell you, I'm really into history. And I tell you, just this last weekend, they opened a brand new museum in Washington called the African African American Museum of History and Culture. I want to see that because I love history. And I've been to Washington a time or two, and I've Mm -hmm. seen all the museums that Smithsonian has. This is their 20th museum. I can't believe they have that many. But I love Smithsonian museums because you can learn something there. And I guarantee if you went to this new one, they showed the inside of it.
2: Yeah.
5: Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable, the history they preserved. And people don't realize, in old-time radio, there was just as many black entertainers on old-time radio as there were white entertainers. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. And one of the most, well, like Al Jolson. Didn't Al Jolson have a radio show, yep. or was it? no? I'm sorry, he was white. He was white, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there was like Amos and Andy. Okay, they were black gentlemen, mm-hmm. but they had a successful show. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Who said that? Who said? Uh, what's this deal about color nowadays? You know, we're all worried about the color of people, their skin. Who cares if you can perform and you're an entertainer? People will like what you do. It yes. don't matter who you are. That's, our, that's what our problem is in this country. But if you go back to the old days, there was no prejudice. Everybody was allowed to get on the radio if you had talent. And, and they, if they liked you, they'd listen to your program. And if they didn't, well, they didn't. That's what I love about old-time radio. There was no prejudice, really. There, there really wasn't.
4: Wonderful. Well, Mike, thank you for giving us a call.
5: Oh, I appreciate it, and and, uh, Miss Patricia, I'm glad to meet you tonight. I'm I'm, uh, glad to know that there's also uh, women involved with old-time radio. (laughs) I think that's a wonderful thing, and you guys do a real good job on the weekend. I'm sorry I haven't called on the weekend. Maybe I should, but uh, i tell you what. You guys do a great program. Bill does a great job. I talk to Bill almost every week, and you guys just blow me away, and I hope you guys can play some more historical stuff. I'd like to hear some more of the conventions, because I love that stuff. I mean, I, I could sit and listen to that all night long. I mean, turn well, off Walden the TV, the of turn off the light, uh-huh. listen to the politics. I'm good to go. There you go. <laughs> I don't need nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It's good to meet You're you. You're more than finally. welcome, dear. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Well, I'll let you guys get back to your radio, and uh, we'll keep on listening for a while and then head for the bed because it's almost bedtime here. So you all have a wonderful evening. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good night out there and a good week, and we'll see you all next time. Sounds Bye time, for Mike. now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, Walter. Bye, Thank you, Mike. You're going to be hired here.
4: <laughs> That's true.
3: Well, then I have, hopping back to campaigns, if I may,
4: mm-hmm.
3: I don't know where I found it, but I have a file of, campaign music you know the the I oh, happy know, days are here again yeah. type stuff that goes allegedly goes back to george washington wow i have a a campaign song for every presidential uh competition for lack of a better word I don't know where I got it from. I, when I found it, I know I <laughs> said, okay, everything stops. Go away, leave me alone for about an hour, and I grabbed all of them. So somewhere in my files, and gosh, they had better still be there with all of the crashes I went through. Um, and if you'd like them, I'd be happy to drop-box Absolutely. them to you.
4: Absolutely. Of course, the famous one I always think about Franklin Donald Roosevelt, Happy Days Are Here Again, and... Yes, there's a lot of good stuff too.
3: Yes, and and this one, as I say, goes all the way back to George Washington. Now, I can't imagine that all of this is authentic. But who who in George Washington's time would have a campaign song? He would not even campaign.
4: Well, they said How they found they found a, a recipe for beer during the George Washington time, So, they're, they're, <laughs> you know, what can I say?
3: <laughs> and, of course, Lincoln was a bartender you know? and half-owner of a bar. We had some really interesting, and he had a patent. Do you remember the patent
4: it, it was, uh, we it talked like about a, Yeah, it was, it was like a floating device for boats yes. uh, when you were loading, loading the boat with the dock uh, or something.
3: It, they, were, they were running, um, obviously, the, the boats and the barges ran primarily on rivers. And there were times when the river was low. The tide would go out and the river would go down or they'd be in the middle of a drought and the barges would get hung up on high points in the river and not even have been able to see that they were coming. And he developed apparatus that fit underneath the boat or along the side and underneath the boat. And when they wound up on a Sands bar, well, yeah. up. The barge would go and get off the sands bar, and then let the air out.
4: Great idea. Nobody ever used it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but
3: it was a brilliant idea.
4: I want to remind everybody so that was, that was yeah. Abraham
3: Lincoln's patent. Hmm?
4: I want to remind everybody. Patricia is starting up a little a little little group here called a drop yes. group, and oh, so yes. so if you want to. Get some shows. Get Patricia. You know she got stuff going on in her life, so it'd be easier if you like if you want some shows you want to get some shows for Patricia, is to set up a Dropbox account with her, and it's free, and uh, that way Patricia can drop off, continue some radio shows through your computer. So we want to people. And, and know especially that. the
3: special stuff, like the campaign
4: music, uh, yeah.
3: campaign songs. That's something that you're not likely to come across very easily, and I'm just so pleased that I have some of this stuff, and I'd be delighted to share it. So, so send me an email, floridawriter at hotmail.com, and we'll talk about getting you up on Dropbox so I can send some of this stuff to you.
4: Stop. Hello. Hello there, Carl. You're on air. Yeah, well, then this is John in Maryland.
3: Hi, John. Hi, John in Maryland. How are you?
6: I'm pretty good. Your previous caller, he said that Lincoln wasn't a Republican. Well, I got news for him. He was a Republican. He was the first Republican. But when he went to Congress, there was no Republican Party.
4: Right. Yeah. It's a belonged con- to,
6: he belonged to the uh, National Union Party.
4: There you go. That's probably what he was rem- remembering, the National yeah. Union Party. Cause, um I'm trying to remember the gentleman... The, the Republican Party started in 1856. I'm trying to think of the uh, John C. Fremont, who was a general in California, was the yeah. first Republican nominee, and then Lincoln. Yep. And well, if you look at the 1860 campaign, it was like four or five parties, it, and it was it was the delegates were really cut up back in those days. So. <laughs>
6: Yeah, but Lincoln, when he when he ran for Congress, he he was a uh, National un, a Union Party.
4: And I think he was only in Congress one term, right, John? That... Well,
6: he well he was he got in, in some kind of not trouble, but uh, uh, he I, I don't remember what it was something that the people in Illinois was for, and he was against uh-huh. at a war, but I can't remember what it was. But anyhow, it, it, he, if, if laying out of Congress, he, he returned to politics, and then he, that's when he became a
4: Republican. It's amazing to look at Lincoln, how many races he lost. He yeah. lost a lot of races um, throughout his whole career. He, it was just, I think we're all blessed that he became president because he won that one, but really... He, he, lost he lost and
3: lost and yeah. lost. He lost almost every um, every battle he waged to get into politics or a political position. It, it was—how how come he wasn't discouraged?
4: Well, so like George Washington. Think of the American Revolution. If you look at all the battles, he, he lost one battle after another, after another, mm-hmm. after another. He won the big one. He won the last just, one. Yeah. <laughs> well,
3: Yeah. <laughs> And unfortunate for us, but they had stamina. They had intuitiveness that we just don't see today.
4: Hey, John, have you ever seen signs or a little uh, promotion George Washington swept here? Did, was with that all <laughs> up and down? Yes, I, I. thought that was a pretty good movie. That's with Ian Sheridan <laughs> and, uh, and Sheridan.
6: Who was <laughs> it? Remember the <laughs> that that had put one with the
3: problem? Somebody he said one time if George Washington actually slept in all of the places that claim he slept there, he never would have had enough time to wage a war.
4: But wasn't that, but didn't, what was it, houses or hotels? They, some of them would put up the sign, George Washington uh-huh. slept George here. George
3: Washington slept here, yeah.
6: yeah. When, and then, when, when my daughter lived in South Dakota, my I granddaughter, did? not my daughter, my uh-huh. granddaughter lived in South Dakota, uh, we we went there to visit a couple times, and uh, when we went to Deadwood, that's where Wild Bill Hickok was shot.
4: Yep, i have been there. Yep.
6: Every t- I don't know how many places we saw signs that Wild Bill Hickok shot here. <laughs> and then we walked a little further. Wild Bill Hickok was shot here. You know, he was shot everywhere. He he must
3: have looked like a sponge.
6: Yeah, he, he was shot every place.
3: Oh, that's funny. I did not. This is the first I've ever heard that, John. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's not
6: funny. It's funny. They had it advertised in the window, <laughs> you know, in the front of the stores. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting place, but uh, it's all built uptown. It's it's a tourism trap. Yeah. Well. But, uh, we went there anyway just <laughs> My, my granddaughter, she was when we were out here visiting. She wanted to take us around, and uh, I don't know how many times she's been to Mount Rushmore. Every time someone comes to visit her, she had to take them up to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, there's he's telling us something about a cave in back of the Mount Rushmore where he was going to store things of, uh, of historical significance, but it never came about. But the tunnel
4: is still there. Uh, what do they have by Chesapeake Bay? Are there, are there a marker saying that we won the battle or what how, how have they marked that for American Revolution? Have they done have they any special monument or anything near that body of water?
6: No, not that I know of because huh. uh,
4: it
6: was sparsely it was sparsely uh, populated. I mean, there, was, there wasn't there was a lot of people that lived in that area.
2: Okay.
6: And uh, I don't know of any significant battles or anything that was fought there. It was mostly in New Jersey and Delaware and places like that. But right. I don't know of any battles in Maryland of any significance.
4: Fascinating.
6: It was more, we're more of a Civil War area. <laughs> mm
2: hmm.
6: Like where I live now, in, in Mount Airy, uh, we have a lot of uh, Civil War battlegrounds up here. Because we were, you know, we're not, I guess we're about 40 miles from Gettysburg. And there's it, a lot it, of Civil when, War when, uh, monuments. I didn't realize
3: you were that close.
6: Yeah, well, we're, I've been, to, been there a couple times, the Eisenhower's farm and everything. hmm
4: when you were going to school, John, as a kid, did they spend a lot of time discussing the civil war? Oh yeah
6: yeah we we we, we talked about it a lot the civil war
4: because nowadays I think it's like a half page in a book and that's all you get i mean it, it yeah. doesn't you know I, 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 would, I would think when you were living in Maryland it would be a bigger deal no it
6: wasn't really with but anyway, uh, you ask kids nowadays. I've asked kids already, you know, through my great-grandchildren great in school. And uh, I asked them if they ever heard of this, that, and here. They never heard anything. I said, you know what Dave, December 7th means? No. You don't know anything about Pearl Harbor. And that's all. Let's remember Pearl Harbor. Right. We will always remember. That's what's gonna to happen to nine one one here. In the past fifty years nobody's gonna know about nine one one. All those things just seem to disappear because they don't teach it anymore. That's I sure care about. I I used to love American history. We in fact I had it in the let's see, I had it in the seventh grade, mm-hmm. ninth grade, and and I had it in the twelfth grade. American history.
4: What is the best way to teach American history? I think a good way to teach is to teach the personalities. Because that would make kids interested, and then you can, you can correlate events and things. I, I always thought that you, you need to mm-hmm. make things colorful.
3: Yeah, a human element. It's not a date. It's not a place. It's a happening with people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm on your team.
6: It's terrible that what the kids do not know about American history. They, they they know they recognize Washington and Lincoln, and from you know and then the ones. Maybe all the ones in between they don't know who they are. You ask them what if they know anything about the Monroe Document. What's that?
2: Yeah.
6: And we had to learn that. But they don't. I, mean, I don't know what's uh, yeah. teaching today. My, grand, my granddaughter, she just became, this is her second year's teaching uh, school, but she teaches the advanced classes. People that uh, are, you know, they're in mm-hmm. advanced. Everything is in
2: advanced,
6: mm-hmm. advanced math and things like that. She teaches math and science. She's pretty good at that, and uh, she teaches the advanced classes. But a lot of them, you know, they, the one thing they didn't teach, when I was going to school was the Mexican-American War. They did not teach anything about that. I didn't learn about that until I got out of school. We had a war with Mexico. That's where we got Texas and Arizona and New Mexico.
4: Well, most people don't know in 1917 our American troops went all the way down to Mexico City because we were chasing us to Pancho Villa.
6: That's right. No people don't know that. Yeah. You know.
4: It's a shame, man. It don't know. I was. We were. In, Larry and I had a wonderful conversation. You'll know, hear it in a few weeks. Of, with respect to William One, he's considered the most well-rounded quick kid because he was so good in a. And he said, the way he learned at five and six, everything was a game. Math was a game to him. The way his mom and dad would work with them with math. Work with geography. Can you imagine portraying geography as a game? That's how they did it. And. Yep. And so I guess that's important to everybody. If, you, if you're raising, you got grandkids or you got kids, and you can help them out.
3: I make it fun. Make it fun. Learning is fun when you've got the right people working with you.
2: Yeah, it's it was really my
3: true. great misfortune that I wound up with absolute does in American history c- courses. It was terrible, it was dates. Times, places. Let's move on. And yeah. there, there, there just was no excitement about it. And our history is the most exciting thing that we've got on old time radio, I think.
4: Yeah. Yeah, really. It's a lot of I,
6: fun. I used to like the maps of the different campaigns that they had during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. We had a lot. We had a lot of those around here.
4: My my dad remembered during World War Two. Uh, his grandfather would be listening to the news broadcast and get out the world map and put a pin at every single yeah, battle. Yeah, That's how they kept track in those days. Is wow. Uh, you know, that way you had a visual clue as a, as a young kid where were different mm-hmm. parts around the world. Yeah,
6: we got we got most of our news from, from uh, newspapers. Radio was all right. They had a lot of commentators on the radio that gave us the news. But pictorial news, it was, uh, you had to go to the, well, listen to Lowell Thomas and watch Lowell Thomas and
4: movie tone news. That's where we got a lot ah, of it. Ah,
3: yes, okay.
4: So what he new, was, what new it paper, was great. What, what new paper did you guys get as a family, John, remember? What's that? What newspaper did you guys, well, read? we had,
6: we, we got two news, there was two newspapers in Baltimore, and we got the Hearst newspaper, which was the uh, up the post. Baltimore Post and then we had the evening sun. So we got both on which and our family read both both sides. You got a different slant from each paper.
4: So with one during the day and one at night, how did they deliver? Well the
6: sun the sun delivered in the morning and in the evening. Okay. Post only was in the in the evening. And then we got uh, of course we got the Sunday papers, you know, from the post in the evening sun and we got to read all the comics
3: (laughs) (laughs) on big pieces of paper and i think john uh, were you able to have a subscription only for the morning paper or did you have to take morning and afternoon as part of the subscription
6: no you could get it any way you wanted okay we and they uh they would come around and collect the money once a week they gave me uh-huh. a little card. They would punch, and when you paid, my mother had it hanging on a nail near the door, a real small nail. She had each card, and then when you paid, they would take a, your clipper out and they would punch a hole in your card. <laughs> you oh made,
3: my goodness!
6: And that's how you paid. But uh, I think the uh-huh. i think you would see I think newspapers were three or four cents. I'm not, I don't remember Do- well.
4: Did other people like I listened to the Great Grocery Show and and like P V would run up a bill for the whole month and then send it did the groceries and drugstores, did they run a tab for a yeah.
6: customer? It's the T i c k. Put it on a tick. On the tick. Oh. But my mother Is that
3: where the phrase ticket off?
6: My Is mother would that
3: one off the list? the list. Is that where the phrase came from?
6: I don't know. Some of the kids would say, "I went in, and got something in the in the in the grocery store, and to put it on a tick." <laughs> on the so
3: tick, yeah.
6: That well, that is, makes sense. Know? But uh, I could go in the drugstore, and uh, I knew I knew the we knew the owners. You know, we mm-hmm. weren't any chain drugstores; we were all local. We'd go in there and. and uh, Mrs. Lillick worked behind the counter. It her drugstore. She wasn't a pharmacist, but she hired a pharmacist. Okay. But she owned the drugstore. Her husband was a pharmacist, but he passed away.
2: Mm.
6: And she kept up the business, and she had a she hired a pharmacist. But I could go in there, and I'd say, my father's got a real bad cough. Could I get some codeine? And she's right away. she get a bottle of codeine, bring it out, and she had a... A roll of paper with a cutter you you roll the paper out, ripped it off, and she wrapped the bottle and she put red string around it. <laughs> oh. Everything you got for her was wrapped in white paper with a red string <laughs> <laughs> and here I was eight or nine years old, getting my father codeine because he had a bad cold,
4: <laughs> yeah, oh. so how would they shut would they send a bill to the house at the end of the month or would generally? Would one of your members of the family come by with the money and get pay them off? How would they? Well, they
6: they would they, they would just go down with the money and pay it. Like mostly on paydays, they would go down to the store and they would pay off their tick. But uh, nobody cheated. And everybody paid their, mm. what they owed.
4: Yeah. Would they do the same thing during the war or when like when we had the raking stamps? Would they pay them all off at the end of the month? or would they give it as as you went? How would they handle?
6: Well, if you don't have a ration stamp, you don't get anything. You can have all the money in the world if you don't have the ration stamps for it, you don't get it. So,
3: but you also had to pay for it. Did they put it on the tick, even if you went in with food, with um, the rationing stamps?
6: I I don't remember how they did that because we weren't allowed to touch the ration stamps. Ah. You know, we couldn't touch them mother and father had them locked
3: up. Mm-hmm. I,
4: I remember... <laughs> that would make sense. I, I remember the catchphrase that P V would tell the great girls were, a penny for the government. You know, so I guess in those mm-hmm. days, that's how that was the catchphrase to pay the taxes, a penny for the government.
3: So I I guess they had sales tax then.
4: They must have for the war. I don't think we had sales tax. In fact, we
6: uh, I don't think we had a state tax either. I don't know how we survived. <laughs> how did we pay for them? I, When I first went to work, they didn't take any state tax out of my pay. It was just federal. Well, a lot of
3: states don't have... We don't have state income tax here in Florida.
6: Yeah, we never had tax. But uh, then around 1955 or 56, something like that, they started taking state tax out of my pay. But I can remember when I was... First started to work, they never had never had state
4: tax. What about property taxes? Do you think that's all? We think we always have had property taxes.
6: Yeah, we had we had property tax, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot of money. I mean, it was maybe forty, fifty dollars, something like that. It wasn't a lot.
4: Because I, there's a wonderful series called The Home Front. I think Patricia might yeah. have a set. It wouldn't be William. Now it's like a six-hour documentary during World War Two, and uh-huh. what if we produced. It's just hist- very historical. Ooh, somebody's... It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. I don't know who's doing that. I don't know.
3: It's not me. Here. I promise.
4: Well, maybe somebody picked up my fax machine and trying to hit that. They'll hang up in a minute. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, they mentioned that the federal... Income tax in 1940. Only five percent of the people had federal income uh, that were paying federal income tax.
3: I remember that. You know, and and the majority of the people who weren't paying were simply evading taxes.
4: Yeah. They
2: just
3: didn't pay them.
6: Yeah, that's true. Wow.
4: But uh. Amazing. Uh, we should, we should Just amazing. Get along. Well, I didn't do it. Honestly. Well, you two talk for me. Let me go in and, and tell them something. I think they're in the other room. <laughs> okay. So you, okay.
3: okay. Oh, wow. Well. John, when when you went to the drugstore yeah. and you picked up something for your father, for example, what, what was appealing to you as a child in that drugstore?
6: What? I went to, to, to the newsstand. They had a newsstand in there, a magazine stand, and we'd uh-huh. go in there and, re- and we'd read the comic books. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> ever said we couldn't. We, and no. A, I don't know.
4: Nobody should, nobody's using a fact machine, so I don't know what it's coming from. It might be the phantom. Isn't that
3: peculiar?
4: Of, be the Maybe it's in Texas.
3: <laughs> could it be in Texas?
6: <laughs> it could be. Huh? So anyway, big, that's what i did. Well, I would go there fun. and... Uh,
4: Maybe Big, Big Bird. Bird. He, he wants to be part of the show. <laughs>
6: <laughs> look, oh my! We we are uh, subscribed to the. I can't remember. Look, look magazine, Life magazine, and Saturday Evening. Uh-huh. We, we had those.
4: What was your favorite? And, what was your favorite magazine, John? Of those.
6: Those it was Life magazine, just because of the photography in there. Okay. Yeah, excellent photography in there, and they did a, mm-hmm. a wonderful about. Back- war, you know, with their photography.
4: Yeah. Now Saturday, the Saturday evening post always featured Norman Rockwell's Yeah, he was on the cover all the time.
3: Almost all of them, yeah. Wow.
4: Yeah, you know, Norman Rockwell. Fabulous
3: work.
6: They, and they had Just stories fabulous. there. who They Patricia, had a lot of stories in there that the I
4: think my mother
6: something. my mother would read the stories in there.
4: I think that's something we need to put on we need to time tack, Patricia a Norman Rockwell historian, I think I, I think we've gone through some displays here in California. I think it'd be fun just to talk about his concept and themes and, mm-hmm. and he He wasn't a trained artist either. How about that?
3: I didn't know that.
4: He was not a trained
6: artist. You look it up on your so, Google,
3: you'll see he wasn't a tra- <laughs> You sound like my sister. We'll get in a conversation and she'll cut off halfway and say, look it up. We're on the phone, and I do, I do. While we're talking on the phone, I say, okay. Well, Wikipedia says.
6: <laughs> oh, like a, a lot of a lot of things I remember from radio. I look it up on Google. I remember it. <laughs> uh huh. I can remember it. I think I told Walden one time about trying to get overseas. We trying to get Hitler's speeches on the radio. We had short wave.
3: Wow. Yeah.
6: Yeah, we we try to get that. We, once in a while, you pick up something, but. You, so full of static. I mean, the real yeah. we had wasn't too well.
4: I didn't realize that some of it was speaking was out uh, here in the states was at four in the morning. Yeah. Um. Boy, so uh, I guess you, if you wanted to hear some of that stuff in Europe, you had to get up really early in the morning to hear it live. Yeah. So yeah,
6: because it's like a uh, twelve hours difference. You know. At least, I mean, when it's noon here's the Six o'clock at night it went six hours difference right but it's noon here at six o'clock over there
3: yeah so it would be late night stuff It would be yeah. about no four o'clock but, here
6: and we had I'm so the, good.
3: The black, yeah. I missed my auction don't listen to me
6: of course we had the blackouts they were they were actually they were a lot of fun
4: the blackouts were fun yeah we couldn't stand
6: <laughs> in front of your face I mean we lived in the county you know
4: I thought it it, would be a good way to kiss a girl during a blackout, John. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Catch lightning bugs.
4: No, we've done that.
6: (laughs) You know, I don't even see lightning bugs anymore. I don't know if they're extinct or what.
4: No, they're still around.
6: I haven't seen one in years.
4: They went on strike. Maybe.
6: We we (laughs) collect them in a jar and then see who it could fit the most, and then then we'd throw them away. so Those were bugs. Them <laughs> Dear. I, think, I think Hopkins was, Johns Hopkins Hospital was collecting them for some experiment they were doing.
4: Why didn't there um, butterfly collectors? Didn't people collect butterflies uh-huh. or something?
3: Sure, butterfly collectors.
4: Well, you know what else
6: we had to do during the war? Tell me. We had to go around and, and turn in milkweed pods. You open up the pot and it's fluffy. fluffy. What did they do with milkweed pods? Made life jackets out of them.
4: I never knew that.
6: Oh
3: my goodness!
6: And we—I remember we went around picking. You open up the pot and it's full of fluffy stuff. Mhm. Like, this, know, we
3: this a, is the first I ever heard that, John.
4: It's so full of good stuff. In, well, John, they're called milkweed pods. When you when you were cu- when you were buying your wash stamps. And yeah, you, and you got up to what was it, seventeen dollars and
6: eighteen seventy-five, and you got a bond.
4: W- would you take it down to the bank to switch it to a bond? How would you actually get it, to turn it into a, a bond?
6: You would go to the bank. Went to they bank. didn't issue them at school. I think you could get them. All the movie theaters sold bonds. Wow. They had a big. They, at the end of the movie, they would flash up on the screen. Uh, war bonds available in the lobby. Okay. Wow. You can do it there. That, by a bond. that must have been. I, I never had enough money. An
3: accounting them. nightmare.
6: But we used to get uh, stamps. I think you get them for a nickel, I and mean, a quarter, and a half a dollar. Denominations, uh-huh. and you got, you got a book at school, and you paste them in there with stamp day. Yeah. D- and d- then d- when it got to 1875, you took it home, and your mother or father would go to the bank and get your bond.
4: Did the stamps always look the same from the beginning of the war to the end, or do they ever change the, comp- the the look of them?
6: You no, know, to me they all looked the same. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. I said, "Boy, somebody can afford a fifty cent stamp. I was getting ten centers, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would try to save some of those, but I didn't."
3: Which makes them so valuable because none of us saved anything.
6: Yeah, we didn't comic book. I
3: remember my brother talking about comic books.
6: Well, That's
3: my, what I wanted well, to ask you, John. When you went to the drugstore and you looked at comic books while your preparations or whatever you were there for were being made ready, which comic books did you go for first?
6: First of all, Superman. Ah. ah. He was like number oh. one. But I wanted would give me like uh, ten cents. I could get a comic book a week. I had a dime. I got a ten cents. But uh-huh. there was some comic books that were in nickel, like Blondie and Dagwood's comic book was only five cents. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I would get uh, the five centers, but then uh-huh. we get and then you trade them. When you when you got home and around the neighborhood, you you know you you'd swap comic books with uh-huh. that way you got to get more. Sure. So we we read that a, lot makes of a whole comic lot of books. sense. And they were all okay.
3: work. Superman we're would have been one of the more popular ones across the board. When you traded your Superman, did you get anything extra because yours was more valuable than the nickel ones?
6: Well, they didn't, they didn't say, we didn't go by that. No? They had a comic So you didn't book get the degree. nickel
3: ones for your Superman?
6: No. It's, it's, if I had a, another comic book that he had that I didn't have, I'd swap them. We didn't care about who put, how much it cost. You're a
3: good person.
4: What? You know, those
6: were
3: kinder and gentler times. They really were. Yeah. We talk about it in those terms. That's the truth.
4: Well, I really think. Let's face it. The country went through a very difficult 16 years from 1929, from the the crash to 45. So I think in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, people pulled together. Just because we had such a long period of, of yeah. tough times. They did.
2: Yeah.
4: Most of us
3: were poor
4: and didn't know it. We were poor and didn't
6: know it.
3: Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah. not think yeah. anything of it. Indeed. One neighbor told my mother, he says, your husband's, well, my father, he says, your husband's overalls, I've never seen so many patches in my life. But one thing about them, they're clean. <laughs>
3: <Yep>. <laughs> clean patches.
6: In those days, you could get flour in a sack, too. All the pillowcases and sheets they made the out of flour sacks. Yeah.
4: Didn't Patricia, you tell me that the flour sack came with clothes designed on the bag so you could cut them out? Yeah, they've, some of them uh, gave you... Uh, I, I didn't batter. know
3: that, so it couldn't have come from me.
6: Some of them your patterns of things that you could make out of flower sacks. Well, I'll be darned. And, uh, well, said, this is oh, the I first said, I heard it, Walden. I did know you were to mean get a it. new what, what dress. Time? She said, I'm going to go over to the dime store and buy a pattern. And she You go over to the mm-hmm. dime store and you get a pattern. it's only cost yeah. a dime, 10 cents, something. And then so I have to go back and,
3: and look in my notes, Walden, and see if I don't remember what I did.
6: That's okay. And you get a bulk that. material. No. You tell them, you tell them how many yards of material you want. And you lay it out on, on the table, and you cut it with your scissors, and you have your know, safety pins. not straight pins. They call them straight pins. Mm-hmm. Safety pins are the one you had to put in together. But they would put them all out, and then my mother would take the sewing machine all the way around, you know, and put a hem in it fluff mm-hmm. up
4: the blouse and cut dress. Gosh, what was the name of the famous sewing machine brand? Singer. 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 Did, did anybody have any other sewing machine besides the Singer?
6: Well, I think Wards, Montgomery Wards or Sears. One of them put out their own. Okay. But I don't, I don't remember. And we had the one that wasn't electric. You had to push the pedal.
4: thing that always got me about those sewing machines, it had an interesting sound to it. It was like, Bum, 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 bum. Like, it was almost uh-huh. like a hammer sound or a... Uh, uh, uh,
3: and that's exactly what they were doing. Punching the needle through the fabric. Sure. You got it right on target.
6: Yeah, you could buy what we call rivets. You know, reinforce something. Right. You could, you know, you could take a hammer and punch it. it make a rivet.
3: From to it.
6: To hold it uh,
4: together. There's another thing. Do people even don't have a... A dress dummy in in the attic today.
3: Is there anybody my who still makes a dress? Had
4: one, but we, we never had one. But my
6: grandmother had one. That's true. It's made out of metal, uh, wire. Made out of wire. But uh, it's, when you got a pattern, you, you you could lay that on your table with your straight pins, you know. Mhm. You, and you mark where you sew it. But, uh, like my wife, she said, she had two other sisters. Uh-huh. She's got a younger sister and an older sister. She was in the middle. And her mother, that around Easter time, would make all three Easter outfits for them.
3: My word.
6: And they all looked identical, just different sizes.
4: So did people make their own Easter bonnets, or was that always store-bought?
6: Yeah, you couldn't go in church without wearing a hat. I mean, all Did of them they make hats, them? Did, hats did your
3: mother make hats for the girls? Oh, yeah, your, they had, that would be they had, they had, her, her mother.
6: Girls. Yeah. I can remember my sister wearing a hat to church.
4: I remember my mom wearing gloves to church, too. I mean, I was always... Hat and gloves were mm-hmm. almost standard operation. Yeah. Going to church.
6: Yeah. I can remember how we got into that. On
4: different occasions, like
6: Mother's Day. hmm you, my brother and I had to wear a little flower in our lapel. And if it was pink, that means your mother was alive. Mm-hmm. If it was white, that means your mother had passed away.
3: Oh, my goodness.
6: Wow. And we had to wear those to church. Didn't think anything of it. That's what you had to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: I I know in the Midwest, my mom said it's still a big deal today in some parts of the Midwest. Decoration Day is a big deal where people... Go out and decorate the, the graves with flowers. It's still, that's a right. Big it's decoration big, day. Yeah, yeah. that's you right. Do, they did a lot of things for flowers.
6: It was a very interesting life, you know, and, and we took everything for granted. You know, that's the way we did it.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> like I said, we never knew we were poor.
4: It was tradition. Somebody said, "But <laughs> it was song.
3: just what your family did." Yeah. And your family didn't always match the next door neighbor's family.
6: No, we didn't keep what? up with the Joneses. No.
3: No, but things that your family did as a matter of routine was not necessarily the entire community. Families had their own rituals and traditions.
6: Oh, yeah, yeah. What? No. You know, a throw for, throw for us was to go pick grapes at, at my grandparents. We go back to, super, well, we didn't have supermarkets we going back to the grocery store, and they had a big wooden bin there where they would throw all the uh, baskets, and, and everything was made out of wood. It wasn't any cardboard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get crates. I mean, you could make a – if you ever watched the Dang comedies, they always were making a razor Oh, yeah. Crowd or, yep. oh, so we we mm-hmm. the same thing. We'd take a, a roller skates, cut them, you know, take them apart, you know, front and the back, yep. and we put one up front and, and the other two in the back and then we put a, a board across it, and you drill two holes through it, and then you put a rope through that, and you, that was what you steered by. Yeah. You should go over in back to the grocery stores and get all the boxes, all the uh, crates. Bananas that come in, you know, they're all wood, made out of wood.
3: Now, these do not sound particularly safe, <laughs> what you're describing to me, John. How many of the kids got hurt on these things?
6: None
4: that none that I ever knew. None oh that my ever goodness! Knew. Uh, we had that good you were field. really tough. What about soapbox derbies? I, that was like a, a big phenomenon, I think, in Ohio. Would that? Yeah. Would that? Did that spread out the country? would kids be involved in soapbox derby races, or was that really sort of a regional thing in the state of Ohio? That that's
6: that's recent. Uh huh. I don't. I don't ever remember that around here having that soapbox derby. Mm-hmm. We saw it in the movies. Yeah. You know, soapbox
4: derby. Some people uh, was in Ohio. Yeah, I Act- think. I, I think I read somewhere started in Ohio in the thirties, and that's one of my favorite little rascal movie is the one when they <laughs> had the soapbox derby races, and I'm trying to remember was it Spanky had the like little fireworks, it, it shooting out of his wheels, and it, you know.
6: Fired. Well, I know what you mean, yeah.
4: yeah. It
6: was like a sparker type thing. Yeah. I always yeah.
4: was oh, that's bas- funny. And, they and
6: this kid. one bad kid, he always had a modern one. <laughs> His family had money, and he he always had a custom-made racer. And the R gang had a whole beat-up, <laughs> made out of peach crates and everything. <laughs>
4: I'll, I'll never forget the bad kid, and little rascal. There was something about a lemonade stand. I'm trying to remember the story. And the kid started to jump up and down. He like, like they put ants in his pants or something. I've always.
6: <laughs> 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 you know, another thing we used to do. We had speaking of that, we had we uh, had a, a lemonade stand. We had a Kool-Aid stand, but you had to bring your own glass.
4: You did. You
6: know we didn't. We never had these paper cups like you have now. Was it Del 5 cents? Or how much, how much did you get? Well, we oh, we, we, we're, we're like 3 cents. 3 cents. <laughs> we, you were uh, in the low rent we, district here. All we wanted was enough to go to the movies. <laughs> oh. but, so, the, who
3: made the lemonade, John? What's that? Who made the lemonade?
6: We did. There was somebody who always. Where, did, had
3: where them. did you get the lemons?
6: It's a store. You know what? we a lot of times, we get the ones that they were going to throw away.
3: <laughs> ah, okay.
6: Yeah. It's like I was telling Walden the other day, can I get a bone for my dog? Yeah, get a bone mm-hmm. for you, yeah. know. And that was the basis of, the, of a uh, soup. <laughs> you know,
3: uh-huh, that was a soup bone, you yeah. Know, you I, mentioned uh, that on Saturday.
4: So I right. got, got that during the war, laminating would have been hard to make because of the sugar ration. No
3: sugar, yeah.
4: Sugar was rationed, Yeah, you know, we had to stand in line.
6: You had a stand. Remember I told you about the candy store for the sun in the window, bubblegum? Uh And the lime went around.
3: Oh, and the kids lined up to the next town,
6: yeah. Did, can, and uh, did he only had like a few, few of them.
4: Did anybody try to come up with a sugar su- substitute during the war? No, we
6: we never had any sugar substitute. The only thing I knew we had was honey. You could get honey. Uh-huh. But as far as the sweeteners,
3: there were were some local bottlers who had their own concoctions of sweeteners, and I guess they got them from trees. Um, The sap from, not like maple trees, but uh they used a lot of natural ingredients and came up with sweeteners.
6: But there wasn't much sugar around, I'll tell you that.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
6: yeah. You weren't allowed so much. Like we, I got the one. We each each of us got one pair of shoes a year, and then that was for Sunday. And the ones we used for Sunday, that's what you use for school.
2: Mhm.
4: I remember hearing in the old radio, shoe stamp. That you can only get a stamp once a year for your shoes. So I think they rationed, I don't know if it was because of the weather or, or what. Why they rationed shoes? But I think we, we were I think we were allowed one pair of shoes a year. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Gildersleeve has a couple of shows where Leroy um, got his pair of shoes for the year. What did you do with kids whose feet grow all the time?
6: Summertime, we went barefoot. <laughs> Patricia would love but that. if you
3: if you started school in September and you outgrew your shoes by March.
6: Oh, when you went to, when you when your mother or father took you to buy shoes, you got them two sizes bigger. <laughs> you did. You got it. Yeah, okay. you. Know, you would they had a children's size, I think it stopped at school, uh-huh. and then it went to adult size. And we'd always get two uh, sizes bigger. <laughs> and, that and, and
3: that gave you growing room. All right, well, that makes a lot of sense.
6: And my my, my brother uh, grew, outgrew his clothes. Guess who got them? <laughs> you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got them.
4: Okay, so um, who else make kids' shoes besides Buster Brown? What are other brands of shoes?
6: Yeah, uh... Paul Parrot. Hmm. Paul Parrot okay. shoes. Paul Parrot. Yeah. Paul Parrot that shoes. That's goes in the land. Huh. There was a show called The Paul Parrot years ago.
3: Oh my goodness.
6: You can look that up. It's okay. Paul Parrot yeah. Shoes and Buster Brown. His dog Todd lives in his shoe. Oh. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
6: his name is Buster Brown and he lives in there too. But we we There's mostly have yes. all parrot shoes.
3: Wow. Oh my goodness. Well, John, you are just full of such good stuff. Are you going to have a story for us on Saturday?
6: I was thinking about the other day, I have to come up with one because it had a lot of we had a lot of experiences when we were kids. Like we I know
3: you I guess, did.
6: We used to steal tomatoes from the farmer. Steal the tomatoes. <laughs> <John>. <laughs> and then the. Uh, <laughs> Just you can rub it on your shirt to get the dirt off of it. And of course, they didn't use pesticides. When you got a tomato from a farmer, you just washed it off and just ate it like it was. <laughs> you didn't put any oh, my pesticides goodness.
3: on it. Okay, well, you are responsible for coming up with a story in the okay. war era. And that will be your Saturday
6: assignment. Okay, I can tell you uh, when we got thrown out of the airport, we snuck into the airport.
3: That that'll be a good one.
6: And we got a free ride out on a jeep.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. You're going to tell that one on Saturday, then.
6: Well, if I get truly remind me, I'll tell you about it. Sounds great. About okay.
3: Everybody. I I promise I will do that. Love your stories.
6: Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All
4: right. right. Well, we'll talk to you Saturday, John. Down. You
3: have a good have. Hmm?
4: Just start writing them down. I know. You're a writer. Yeah, but you're going to have to walk
3: <laughs> them all down. <around. laughs> you know, I really should be taking yeah. notes here.
4: Yeah. yeah. we should do that. Great idea. Yeah, it is a great idea.
3: Okay, John, will you take care of you and have a good week, and we'll be ready for a story on
4: Saturday. Okay. Take care, John. All right, take all care. Bye-bye.
3: Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Can I have say something? baseball. Okay. Oh, sure.
4: We love our family, don't we?
3: Oh, boy, do we love our family. Yeah,
4: yeah. Okay, you have a baseball question.
3: I have a baseball question.
4: What right. was
3: the last time a player hit 400, baseball?
4: In the, in the American League, it? it was 1941 with Ted Williams at 406. In the there National you go. I just, I knew you could do it. In the National League in 1930 with Bill Terry for the New York Giants.
3: Oh, my goodness. So uh, it, it, Ted Williams Ted Williams was actually the last player, period, right. to hit over 400.
4: But you know something, Patricia?
3: Yes, Walden?
4: He did not w- win the most valuable player of the year that one. Why? Joe DiMaggio had a 56-game hitting streak that year.
3: <gasps> oh, my goodness. What a competition yeah. between the two. Yeah. Wow. And we've never had. um, This is a question. I tend to make a statement and then say, "Is that right?"
4: (laughs) (laughs) You do. You you fall off the band. Yeah. Yeah.
3: If people hear half of my sentence, they'll think I'm making a statement. I forgot what I was. Oh, has there ever been a time when the MVP status was shared, as it should have been in this set of circumstances?
4: yeah, I think it was 1979. Willie Stargell for Pittsburgh tied somebody. I'm trying to think who. Maybe I think it was Keith Hernandez from the Mets. I think that was a sport tie. I think I the, uh, the ha- think that's the last time it's happened back in 1979. So, so I think it has happened.
3: Hmm. I wish it had happened mm. that year. Yeah. My goodness, two of the powerhouses. Doing a powerhouse year at the same time, how could they have? They who who designates the MVP the for the year? The sports
4: year? writers did, and so how
3: did? Them, go ahead.
4: And some of them had some biases. There was some, um, Ted Williams was not beloved was by not the, by the sports no. writers in Boston, and in fact, even the year, some of the years he had some of his best seasons, he won the triple crown. He was like number one in hitting home run in RBIs, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't win the MVP because the sports writer Boston left him off the top 10 off his, ba- off his ballot. Yeah. So there were some times the sports mm-hmm. writers had personal Yeah, feelings I can't
3: him. remember the, the incident in the at the ball field. I think he did not help me with this one. He did not acknowledge the the fans and yep. the fans, yep. and that just shot him down for the rest of his career. Yep.
4: and and I have a two-hour interview with Ted Williams, which I to it's a wonderful interview that Bob Costas did, and he and he meant that was how I I was that was a mistake. I shouldn't have never done that. So he there were things he admitted years later that there were things he would have yeah. taken back. You know.
3: Yeah. You know, we all do stuff like that, and the misfortune, the great misfortune, is that these are the kinds of things that cannot be undone. They're permanent.
4: True, but I have right. to. You, you got to tip the hat to Ted Williams. He lost five years because he flew in both the World War II and in Korea. In the
3: military, yeah. yeah.
4: And he was John. He was John Goodman's wingman. Mm. You know. Wow. uh,
3: And I know a lot of the players just upped. They didn't re up They just upped. They said, well, guys, you know, they need us, and we'll be back. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. Well, I have a California piece of news. I'm getting headlines from California, (laughs) and I just want to know if you know that a 52-story building in San Francisco, brand new, I say brand new, it's about... Uh, so it's uh, maybe eight years old. It opened. I mean, it's been it was built and being built, but it opened, I guess, in 2009. Um, it's sinking.
4: I haven't heard <laughs> I, about that.
3: Oh, the name of the building is Millennium. People have popped two, three, and four million dollars for apartments in these, you know, condos. Yep. 2 bedroom condo for almost three million dollars and the thing has already sunk 16 inches and has is now leaning six inches toward its next door neighbor they built it on a landfill
4: well do we do we have a
3: few problems with code enforcement here
4: nothing like sinking property right
3: no i can you imagine i mean these people cannot possibly sell their properties who would buy a sinking building
4: they're there they
3: paid the money for it they own it and that's it
4: i'm really i I bet so i bet the the builders are going to be in trouble and the builders
3: are in trouble the code inspectors are in trouble the city is in trouble everybody's in trouble for even having never mind having issued a certificate of occupancy but to let them dig a hole to begin with. Right, because,
4: you know, California, we really have a lot of OSHA, a lot of building code. Mm-hmm. It's a big time.
3: Big code enforcement. Yeah. There is absolutely no bedrock underneath this building. 52 stories. It's sitting on old mud and landfill. And it's sunk 16 inches already. <laughs> the whole wow. first floor is going to be gone by the end of the next wow. couple of decades. Isn't this awful? Oh. I mean, my heart is really hurting for the people in this building. But it just sounds like such a stupid story. But anyway, that's, they, that's my contribution to of a, California yeah. tonight. How,
4: how would they tear a building like that? I guess they would get blown up, right? Or would they get knocked down? Well, they out? can't.
3: They're, on, they're, they're next. I mean, this is within a high-rise sector. So if you go out, you could probably spit and hit the next building.
4: So, how so do I you don't they know that? how
3: they would, they would. I guess they would have to disassemble it as yeah, opposed have to, to imploding it.
4: Right. Boy, would. And
3: they're pretty good at exploding these or imploding right. these things and having them come straight down. I wouldn't trust it if it was next door to me. Wow.
4: And you know they do that a lot in Las Vegas with the with the brand new hotel. They blow up these old ones. Yes. But still, yep. I would think if it's right next above other big highway, right, that would take it. I'd be taking a chance. You know, a a that. big one. Wow.
3: A big one. And it's as I said, it's already leaning, so your opportunity for it to come straight down is not as good as if it were a sturdy structure. What oh, I've my God, 52 stories.
4: What I was thinking about buildings in San Francisco, one night we went to dinner with my Uncle Jim at the Bank of America building in San Francisco. And mm-hmm. You know, San Francisco known for the earthquakes. You know that. Oh, yes. And <laughs> what caught me is the elevators. You, had these, you went one fly elevator, then you go up a hike, you get then you take another elevator. To I don't know where we must have been. We must have been way up there if we had to take two elevator rides to get to the top. To, That's you know. interesting. You know.
3: The Empire State Building is built that way. You can only go, I don't know what the floor level is, but you can only go part way, and then you have to get off and get on another elevator and go for the rest of the way up to the top and the observation deck.
4: Well, Patricia and I are about ready to sneak out the door.
3: We are being thrown out the door.
4: And so we're going to be with you Saturday. So, Patricia, you want to say goodnight to the family?
3: Yes, goodnight, family. Thanks for being with us, and I hope you were surprised. Goodnight, Walden. Goodnight,
4: Patricia. Good night, everybody, here on Yesterday, USA.
1: Jaws Professional, Patricia from FL Home, Bill Bragg, Alt F4, Alt Tab, Skype, Trademark, Left Bragg, Alt F4, Bill Bragg, Alt Tab, Skype, Alt Tab, MP3, Alt Tab, Skype, Trademark, Left, Windows M, Desk S, Seagate S, Sound Forge Pro 11, Enter. User, Alt Y, Sound, Escape, Escape, Zero, Enter, Enter. 0.01, Menu, A. Leaving menus, save as dialog, file name colon sound1.wav edit. T U E S D A Y N I G H T 9 2 7 1 6 W I T H P A T R I C I A F I R S T P C. Save as save button enter data window 0. 0.012 seconds.